Hi there, banana roos and banana renos. This is a live episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, and we can only do them because of the support that we get at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. And there are some people we would like to thank specifically who have done just that, such as Adam Retch, MFLRGRMP Mifflegrump, Paul Thacker, Mystic Referee, and Lewis Shaw. Thanks so much to all of them, and if you want to be like them, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to a very special episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, the Games Club podcast. Yes, this is our live episode about Donkey Kong 94. Yeah, uh, recorded live at the Midwest Gaming Classic 2018. Uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 2018. Um, yeah, so as per usual with our live episodes, they are shorter. Uh, we always want to do this little intro to tell you what you're going to hear. Um, the audio quality is a little bit less than we're used to, but it's still fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you will uh, listen to the episode, and then uh, we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit about the weekend. Yeah, so I don't see a reason to, to, to delay this. Like, let's talk about this mm-hmm. good, fun game. Get right into it. So here we are from the past. Mic check. Yeah. Okay. Is it on? Is it on? I can't tell. No. This is what an odd microphone sounds. This is what a man sounds like when he walks. Oh, put the switch on. Okay, there we go. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hi. I, I, was, I was just projecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can make this real intimate. Like, do you guys want to go get like a card table and then just like... Yeah, just every, everybody, everybody squish in. Um, let's do this in the round. Yeah. My my old job, whenever we would have the like the like the big meeting, you know, at the beginning of the week, it was always really important to our CEO. Like everybody scrunch, everybody scrunch, like to the point where he would take all of the cushions off of the couches and put them on the floor, like right in front of him. If anybody was like back and far away, that couldn't be done. How did you not quit sooner? Um, I, like the that I mean, sounds awful. See depression. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good that, that sounds awful. To me. I, yeah. yeah, I don't. And everybody's scrunch sounds like bad dance. To me. Like, it sounds like the CNC Music Factory leftover, like the dumpster behind the CNC Music Factory, where they just have the not fit for human consumption it's, dances. It's the, it's the pipe outside of the CNC yeah. Music Factory that goes like, into the river. Dance so much. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, everybody! Thanks for coming um, and braving the weather and stuff. Yes. We really appreciate it. Um, who is there? Anybody here who is not familiar with us, who don't, don't know who Watch Out for Fireballs are, or just taking a chance? 
Yeah, Hi. Thank, thank you. Thank thanks you. for coming. We appreciate thank it. Thank you back there as well. Yeah, thanks, and also thanks everybody who came who do know. But yes. Just the, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's the same thing. But what's a word for like thank you, but like not as much? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is this the worst one? I don't oh, yeah. Know. yeah, like thank you, but with an extra connotation of about step time. Step thank you? About time. Like yeah. a step thank you or an associate thank you, I guess. Yeah. So, so We're assistant, very grateful that you Assistant to the thank you. Um, <laughs> We're very grateful you've taken the chance on us. Yeah, so. thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, we prepared the song from ABBA of the same name. We that we'll be performing about you think taking a chance on us. Oh yes. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, yeah. So we are we're watch out for fireballs. We are a uh, games club podcast. Yep. Uh, for people, uh, we should introduce introduce ourselves personally too. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll do this part and then we'll do the part for the recording that'll be on the actual thing. So okay. This yeah. is the informal friend part. Remember the intimate. Stuff yeah. yeah. At the end of this, I'm gonna need all of you guys to submit three ideas for D and D characters that are within the world setting notes that I sent you, <laughs> and then we'll actually get this campaign started. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, I'm Gary Butterfield. I'm Cole Ross. And uh, we are Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club uh, podcast. It's part of the DuckFeed.tv network of podcasts. We are independent. Um, been going for almost seven years. I uh, have a whole host of shows. And uh, yeah, a couple times a year we go and do a live show uh, table and, and talk about a game and, uh, and do one of these bad boys. Yeah. And this year we are talking about um, Donkey Kong 94. Yeah. Um, not your not your regular Kong. No, it's just called Donkey Kong. It's useful to call it Donkey Kong 94 because it is so substantially different. Yes, uh, yeah. which we'll be going into uh, in detail. Who is there anyone here who does is not familiar with the game? Uh, a couple people okay. semi-familiar? Yeah, um, it's a cool game. Uh, hopefully after we leave this. I think that in Milwaukee so far we've been very uh, evangelical <laughs> during our shows. Like last year it was just like, guys... Pilot Wings Resort is actually really good. Like, you yeah. should play it. Uh, this year, I want everybody to pick up a copy of Donkey Kong 94. Um, so, yeah, so this is... Uh, and we'll, we just won't do the intro. We did the intro. Yeah, we've already done the intro. Um, yeah. So, the, <laughs> this is, uh, this is uh, a version of Donkey Kong released in 1994. A joint venture between Nintendo, EAD, and Pax Softnica, which is a studio that just made games for Nintendo. Exclusively. Yes. Yeah, if you look at uh, if you look at their profile on Moby Games, it's very funny. Most of their stuff only ever came out in, in, in Asia. Uh, a good deal came out here, though, including the game Ham Ham Heartbreak, the Ham Taro game. Yes, which is a, which is apparently the king of the ham games. Yes, if you are but, going to play a Ham Taro game, yeah. Ham Ham Heartbreak is the MVP of that series. Yeah. Ham Ham Heartbreaks and 808s, <laughs> the, the sequel uh, to that. The um, Yeah, so one of the things that, that we were going to talk about, though, we talked about uh, You Could Be Forgiven for Not Knowing This or seeing it as Donkey Kong, is uh, just known as Donkey Kong, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. You know, this, this is a weird thing you don't see because it feels like a marketing disaster where a game will hide its strength in a bushel, uh, kind of, because it is. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a, part, a port of Donkey Kong. Yeah. Um, and the first four levels, despite some kind of differences, really feel like that. Mm -hmm. But in fact, it has this really huge maximalist design, very ambitious for a Game Boy game, um, 101 levels that are... Uh, like a really, really good puzzle platformer. Yes, a lot of variety, very um, you know, varied, honestly. Like, and you look at this and you play it. Not all of it's like a winner. You know, there's very much like a kind of everything in the kitchen sink idea or uh, ethos behind it. But it feels like a very generously designed game. Right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's tons of content. You know, and it's a yeah. uh, part of the 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 goodness of that is that's a slightly rarer thing on the Game Boy. Like the Game Boy has lots of big games, but the, the Game Boy also has like Pac Man. And it's just Pac-Man, which is cool. Yeah. Pac-Man's cool, but it's this was a more ambitious, kind of more complicated thing for the platform. Yeah, and also like the idea of just here is a, here is an arcade port, you know, that is basically just kind of shovelware. They've been doing that with Donkey Kong 
ever since 1981 when the first one came out. You know, yeah. they put it on everything that had a screen, right? So, like, it just it didn't make a huge sell for itself, right? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, which is kind of a shame, and I think it kind of contributes to, I and mean, we'll get to this at the end too, but not a lot of people are familiar with this. Like, several people came up to the booth uh, over the weekend and have just been like, oh, cool, Donkey Kong. I like Donkey Kong. And it's like, Oh, well, actually, this is, a, well, this is actually a very special Donkey Ooh. Kong. Allow me to lecture you for a little bit. Have you seen The Wire? I'm a white guy. I want to tell you about The Wire. It's been like that, but for Donkey Kong 94. Um, so it's been, it's, a, it's been neat to see and get people turned on to it. Yes. Um, the game actually does a little bit of subtle hinting in those early stages, too, that it's going to be a little bit more ambitious. Uh, it uses a very similar control scheme to Donkey Kong but different. So there's enough little little edges and kind of foreshadowing. Yeah. If you're watching for it, you know that you might be in for something different. So yeah, uh, it's kind of in this weird in-between space, right? Because it is definitely more elaborate than Donkey Kong. But like the jump arc, the movement speed, kind of the sense of inertia is not what you is not what you have been accustomed to with Mario games. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, after you get through those first initial stages, the stages kind of have the mostly the same basic premise, where you have to find a key and put it into the proper door. Yeah. Um, you lift the key just like you do in Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, it feels very familiar. And uh, every four stages, there are battle stages, uh, where you have to throw barrels at the titular Kong uh, and smack him. Yeah, yeah. Um, that moment when you get past those first four levels, right? You know, you just you're the first level. You, you go up the slanted eye uh, beams or whatever it is, uh, girders. I've never figured out what this construction site. Um, <laughs> but you reach the end of what Donkey Kong would be, and you think, okay, this is just going to start over again. They actually <laughs> interrupt the little victory theme that you would you know that you would expect to hear at the end of Donkey Kong for Donkey Kong to get back up and grab Pauline and carry her away. Yeah, it's like. What if this was the most ridiculous new game plus ever? What if Donkey Kong really wanted to? <laughs> what if he was committed to? What the if he idea? wasn't such a quitter? <laughs> what if Donkey Kong wasn't such a piece of garbage? What if he showed some goddamn resolve? Disappointing son. Um, speaking of disappointing sons, uh, Donkey Kong Jr. also shows up, uh, kind of as his dad's slave, kind of, like, kind of just a toady. Yeah, um, yeah. He's just here to you know flip switches and stuff for him. You know, yeah. It's uh, been there to be a general nuisance uh, before he would disappear forever. Yeah, he's got a. Smile. Well, he became Donkey Kong. There's that. Uh, there's yeah. an article that came out. Uh, Merit Copas, but like a, the Donkey Kong timeline, like explained, and it's yeah. it's pretty crazy. You have to have a higher tolerance for Donkey Kong than I do to like get into that stuff. <laughs> well, that starts getting into like, oh, the original Donkey Kong turned into Cranky Kong. Like that brings in the whole Donkey Kong Country continuity, which yeah. n- you know neither of us are fans of Donkey Kong Country. We know they're out there. We're kind of outspoken. I'm sorry. We're yeah. not going to see eye to eye on this. Um, right. But like, there's also uncertainty. It's like, oh, is Donkey Kong Jr. actually the dad of Donkey Kong from Donkey Kong Country, and Cranky Kong is the grandpa or something? Yeah, like, I don't know. I was, I was like, just last night, couldn't sleep, like in bed, reading on my iPad, like, just, <laughs> tell me the answers. Tell me the answers. It's like the beginning of the Bible, <laughs> uh, but with Kong. So there's a whole lot of begetting going on. <laughs> Cranky and, begets Junior. <laughs> Cranky begets Junior, and like. You know, it's like that, but like, you, you, if you read it, you don't get salvation. No, you just get like a rare platformer with really good music, uh, but like models that make me want to die. Hey, you said a nice thing about Donkey Kong. Country. I've always said the music's good. Okay, music's really good. Um, yeah. So this, uh, though, this was made for Game Boy. Um, it is one of the first games that had enhancements for the Super Game Boy. Uh, for people who had that, which is a really cool little niche piece of hardware. Yeah. So you wouldn't have to design your own. Um frame to go around the screen on Super Game Boy. It came with its own that actually made it look like an arcade cabinet, which was very cool. Um, and also, you didn't have to, like, pick your color palette. Like, it came kind of baked in. Like, 
again, as this weird little halfway step between the Game Boy and what eventually would be the Game Boy Color, or advanced, you know, games that were enhanced with the Game Boy Color. And one of the reasons why we're so evangelical about this is because this features tons of firsts for Mario. Yes. Uh, you know, the Mario uh, series, uh, we all love it. But it, it's, <laughs> there's people who are big Mario fans maybe don't know this game, and there are a lot of kind of crazy things. Like, a lot of his moveset from Mario 64 started here. Yes. Uh, which is a crazy thing to think about. Like, the backflip and the, the triple jump, things like that. First appearance in Donkey Kong 94. Yes. Um, which is a little bit ridiculous because it was, you know, kind of the first time that Mario was doing more than running, jumping, and picking stuff up. Right. Right? And so... We- yeah. Woohoo! Woohoo! Like yes, like all that's missing is the sound. The, the woohoo, <laughs> wahoo of it all. Yes. The um, one of the things about this too is there's there's kind of a fulcrum with Mario games, right? Where like, and this is it, where Mario became uh, an expressive platformer um, is a good way way to put it, modern Mario games, where it is uh, it's not just about in like Mario World. I felt like it was more of an obstacle course, and then. There's this game, and then you have Mario 64, where it becomes almost about as how how you actually get there. It becomes a player expression thing. So you can actually do, like, you know, that's why Mario speedruns, Mario 64 speedruns remain so popular, is because you can do a lot of cool tricks. Like if you know that system, there's a lot of space for player expression, as yeah. opposed to early Mario games where that still exists, but it's very limited and primitive. It's just how far you jump, how fast you jump, yeah. and you duck. You know, it's very binary. <laughs> but yeah, there, there there exists an optimal run of you know every Mario game before this. Yes. Right. And there is an optimal run of, of this as well right. that is very complicated and fun to watch. Like people do backflips yeah. and triple jumps and uh, you can you can catch barrels with your feet. There's a lot of cool things you can do and we'll get to this a little bit later, but one of the neatest things about this game is how it uh, the way it teaches you those things. Which yes. is really cool. But we should talk about some of the moves specifically. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm happy to talk about the way it teaches you these things yeah. because this is something that just blew my mind when I saw it, which is, you know, there's no you know, traditional t- tutorial with this. What happens is, uh, you know, as you advance from stage to stage, like after these boss fight kind of areas, um, you know, Mario is in pursuit of Donkey Kong this entire time as he's running away. There's like a little cutscene. You, you compared it to Fury Road earlier. Yeah, I did compare yeah, it to Fury it's, Road. It's, it's it all is, like Fury Road. It's, <laughs> it's one big chase. It's one, it's one big chase from beginning to end. Um, <laughs> my tongue was a little bit in my cheek with that. Um, it's technically true. Uh, but no, you see this cute little cutscene where it's not like showing you like, oh, press down and jump to do this handstand. Like it show it'll show Donkey Kong throwing a barrel and Mario jumping and you know landing on his hands and catching the barrel with his feet. And it's like, oh, okay. Now I know I can do that, and you might discover it by accident. You might play around, and that is kind of the seed of the idea that'll tell you how to experiment with it later. Right. Well, it's, it's also an idea, doing that kind of tutorializing could only happen on this generation of hardware. That would be very frustrating on, a, on Mario 64. The way Mario 64 does is it gives you that huge playground to yeah. just press buttons. Uh, here, though, you can just show me a thing, and there are two buttons on a Game Boy. <laughs> right. Like, I know it's some combination of that and the D-pad, so it makes that kind of experimentation a lot more friendly. Uh, to do that, if this had come on, an, on a Super Nintendo controller with the, the you know, shoulders and everything, that would be a lot more frustrating, Yeah, I think. So the, it is another one of those transitional pieces of this. The closest comparison I can think to that, you know, again, demonstrating that you can do something just by showing it without any further explication, um, Super Metroid. Like, when you see how to do the special uh, Oh, special yeah, your, your like Anapals. Yeah, 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 your Anapals doing that stuff. Or even, um, like, in the opening, like, cutscene, like, the attract mode. Yeah. Where it'll show you how to do, like, the shine spark and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it'll show you that it is possible. 
so you can start figuring out how to do it. And that's still not in a cinematic. Right. Like it's a different, you know, that's not part of the, the right. presentation of the, the story, which is kind of cool. But you, can do, you can do a lot of things. You do handstands. Um, you can do a high jump from a handstand, which is it, super handy. Yeah, it's, it's like great because there are jumps that you can't make just by standing on your feet. So you have to like, there, there's a cost to it. You have to like post up in the handstand. You can do like a, a jump right out of it. But sometimes like if you're getting set up when something is coming at, you know, coming at you, like you have to get into this posture to do your high jump. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the, the game doesn't... Re- one of the other things, the reason why I call this a, a bit of player expression is because it's not required for a lot of the puzzles. Um, it may not be required for any of them. Once I kind of learned the moves, I would do them because it was easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but up until that point, you don't have to. And if they make you do it, it's at like level 50. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's not... Um, it's something that is up to you to make it easier and more fun, as yeah. opposed to making it a key to the puzzle. And that is something that, like, you know, the game, as they kind of ex- expound on these ideas and mix them together, what you find later on is that it requires you to execute stuff with, like, a tighter tolerance. Like, there's just a little bit less room for failure. Um, and when they place those demands on it, that's when a little bit of that joy of the expression goes away, and it becomes more of a kind of demand for perfection. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that, that doesn't happen until well, well into the game. Right. Um, there are vine climbing. That's uh, back. It has the exact same mechanics as Donkey Kong Jr., mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciate. As like, if I had to choose a mainline Donkey Kong game I like, that's probably <laughs> it. Um, but I, I like the risk-reward of you know two hands, increased vulnerability, but greater speed. Mm-hmm. One hand, smaller hitbox, but yeah. slower. And it's um, the speed reverses depending on if you're going up or down. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, rope spinning, that's there, I think, from Donkey Kong Jr. as well? Mm-mm. No? No, that's, uh, I think that's new to this. That's new yeah. to this, yeah. okay. Uh, but the idea, like, hey, what if Mario was a trapeze artist and he was doing, like, these big old flips on the parallel parts? Yeah. Well, it's just a way to launch him across a, uh, across a stage. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got that. Uh, you can pick things up and throw them, like, in Super Mario Bros. 2, as we mentioned. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things about this um, is how brutal... The death animations are. It's <laughs> so, so like Mario doesn't usually have that, but here he does. Like if you like seeing Mario get his leg broken, <laughs> then you will like this game. And it happens a lot. Like I imagine him coming up to Pauline and his leg just being like this gnarled cudgel. You know, just <laughs> misplaced just, angles and yeah, extra knees. Inexpertly in, in reset. <laughs> yeah, like a nougat log but his leg. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> imagine like and it's Mario, but he had Charleston shoes instead of legs. <laughs> I was hoping that would get those people to come in, but it's, <laughs> like if there's gonna be one sentence they got there, like you don't want to imagine that. Okay. All right, guys. For, for, for people listening in the podcast, the door uh, at the back of the hall is open, and we can see people walking by. Yeah. So we may be doing these gambits to try and draw people in. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, well, like it's brutal because you know, like Mario has fall damage in this. If you fall from a particular, you know, from a high enough height, you lose, uh, you lose. Of life, but there's like a halfway point where he'll like be stunned, and it is that kind of like grim thing where somebody is so hurt that all that happens is their light twitches. It's like yeah. that's what happens. Uh, well, this is a bad thing to joke about, but like when somebody gets really laid out in football, you know, like yeah. so, yeah, like just the light twitch, like a bug you would put out of its misery. Yeah, yeah, and um, then like the one that kills him, he falls and he slowly rotates as though like all of his weight is in his head. Yeah, <laughs> and then he lands on his neck. He's a top-heavy nugget, that Mario. I don't know if you guys have thought about that before, but he's, he's lots ahead. Um, yeah, but you can get squished, like, flying like a pancake. Sometimes it's cartoony, sometimes it's kind of brutal. I was disappointed. They introduced water, and you can't drown. Yeah. And not because I necessarily want to drown Mario, but I did want to see, like, a Mario drowning animation just for... 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm just because, because of my upbringing, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> because at this point, it's the way I feel. I, it's, it's the, the only way you feel. Thing, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but pretty cool. And you have a wide variety of enemies uh, from this, many of which are actually bespoke as well. Like, they're not from other Mario games, uh, which is cool. You have uh, little fire guys, uh, which are sort of from the old Mario Brothers game, sort of. Yeah. Um, there's a ladybug. Uh, who is fine? I, I like the ladybugs uh, because, like, there are a couple of enemies that you end up having to ride around sometimes. Yeah. Like, you jump on them and they don't necessarily die like right away, but you'll have to like follow them as they crawl over a ceiling and then like up a wall, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's used for puzzles. And yeah. there's a, one of my favorite puzzles in the game. We're not going to talk about every puzzle. If you guys are no. just like checking your watch and be like, I mean, we might, right? Because there's a blizzard. <laughs> and we were talking about it upstairs, like, this might be us now. Yeah. I hope you guys are okay with that, but, like, this might be our lives. Yeah. And if so, like, everyone needs to pledge fealty to Jersey Mike. Yes. Because he has food. He is our new king. He has water. He's the new king, and we'll be trading, like, little <laughs> Samsons and stadium events for bottles of water. <laughs> and a whole new ecosystem will start here yeah. because we're all going to die. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, what, it's, what we have to be prepared for is the idea that we have always been here. Yes. And this is just the party from The Shining. Yeah. Like, tomorrow it's going to be next year, and new people will show up to join our... our do menagerie. Right. Uh, and uh, to us, it will be like a minute, but to right. them, it will be like a year. <laughs> um, yeah. So, a couple couple other, you know, just enemies, but for the most part, there's their hazards or rides. Yes. Or I was going to say, I'm sorry, before I cut myself off, my one of my favorite puzzles involves you staggering the rhythm of uh, these ladybugs mm -hmm. that go around a thing. You place a block just to set one of them off course, and then you have them staggered, and you can use them as a platform. Really, really clever stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, my, my favorite enemy, aside from the off-brand Sonic the Hedgehog, which has to be intentional, yeah, um, is the uh, is the creature that is called Oil. It is just a black spot that has the word Oil written across it. Yeah, <laughs> he's on brand. Yeah. Yeah. He's really just trying to get the word out there about oil. Yeah. <laughs> the plastics. The, uh, so you have uh, certain items you can use as well. There's kind of these blocks in the background that will allow you to manipulate your environment and kind of create the stage. Yeah. Um, there are levers and switches that will usually reverse conveyor belts um, or open doors. Yep. Um, you have uh, just kind of blocks that are just, this is a block. Uh, it will. It's the thing I talked about using to stagger the ladybugs. You can use it as a jumping platform. You can use it to uh, stop a door from falling. There are a couple different things you can do with those. Yeah. Um, there are certain blocks that will create ladders or just roads as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, also like trampolines, uh, trampolines. What happens is with all of these, any of them that you create just by activating this block, uh, they're on timers. And they, they're variable. They feel like they're tuned for the puzzle. Um, but oftentimes what this creates is this mad dash to like set something up and then run along and kind of complete the run that you've created as it is kind of fading behind you. Yes. So the order of operations becomes exceedingly important. And, and it would be, I'd be lying to say that that doesn't get obnoxious right. a little bit late in the game. Like it becomes a thing where I know what to do, but it becomes an agility challenge. Which it's not a game built for that necessarily, it feels like. Right. Um, you know, some puzzles do kind of take that form, and they're not my favorite. But uh, figuring it out is always fun. Yeah, there's a, there's a certain flavor of puzzle that, cop, uh, that comes up a couple of times every world beyond the halfway point, which is, here is just a big open area. You're at the bottom, the key is at the bottom, the door is at the top, there are no platforms, you just have to, like, create the the roads for you to throw yourself up. Yeah. You know, like to throw the key up and follow it up. Yeah. That's a little bit of a, a bummer. Um, speaking of throwing the key, you also get the classic Donkey Kong hammer, 
but that's an item I never understood uh, really in Donkey Kong uh, because it, w it seemed like it was there to gain points. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, because you couldn't jump or actually traverse with it, uh, and enemies respawn unlimited, you know, uh, it didn't really help. You know, right. I never really big fan. I've never really a big fan of that hammer, other than the music and in Smash Brothers. Right. Um, here, though, you can throw it, so you can actually traverse platforms, gain ground mm -hmm. with it, um, and you have to use that very cleverly in some puzzles as well. Yeah. Um, that's a huge, huge updated move. Yeah. So you'll stand at the bottom of a ladder, throw it up in the air, climb the ladder as fast as you can, and catch it before it falls back down. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you also get a uh, jump blocks, those little spring Mario things show yeah. up as well, and those are always fun. Yeah. Um, there's kind of some bonus stuff in it as well. Um, every level has a parasol, uh, a hat, and a bag. Uh, which Are those supposed to be discarded from Pauline? Yeah, that's the idea. I think that those pop up in earlier arc arcade versions of Donkey Kong. Correct me okay. if I'm wrong. Um, as like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like again, more point objects, yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. Here, uh, they have service points. You have a score, but that doesn't really matter on a, on a handheld. What they do count for is um, if you... I think get two or more of them, you unlock a bonus. Yeah, all three. You have to get all three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you unlock like a like a little bonus game at the end of each stage, which is how you get extra lives. Other than just the game just gives you a thousand of them at the end of every <laughs> world. Yeah. Your score gets tallied up. You just get a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, this is a, a early game where they just throw more lives at you than you need. Yeah. Um, the, so so that, that, that idea of them tallying up the score and giving you extra lives, what they're tallying up is the remaining time yeah. from, each, from each of those four things, yeah. each of the four stages that you just went through. Uh, and for every 100 seconds that you've amassed, you get an extra life. This is not a particularly difficult game. You're not, you're not going to spend a lot of time like running out of lives just because that's not the real danger to this. Uh, however, that does kind of incentivize getting through the levels quickly, which is something that I otherwise wouldn't value in yeah. play, right? Like, I like the idea of, like, racking up these one-ups. It's also a thing, too, where there's a little bit of the, the thing, like, Doom is an early game to do it, where it gives you the speedrun metrics as part of the game, mm. uh, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, I'm not a speedrunner, but I think it's interesting that the game did that, and speedruns of this are really fun to watch yeah. uh, for that reason. Um, when we talk about this being a game where you don't need the tons of lies, where they just give you tons of them... Um, it's an interesting thing because one of the, the key parts of this game, they weren't playing it, the thing that the word that keeps coming up is transitional. Yeah. Like it is a, a game with a foot in both sides of the Mario pond. And uh, that's something that Mario games would play with until eventually just jettisoning, jettisoning <laughs> in 2017. Yeah. You know, it took a long time for Mario to be like, we don't actually need lives. Like that's a really old concept. Mm. Um, and they had a play space area after this where they just gave you more and it was just to feel good. It was almost like another way of getting score, like keeping score. Um, it just felt nice. Uh, and this isn't that zone. Right. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it feels a little bit like uh, akin to what is it like New Super Mario Brothers Two, where it's all about coins. Yes, and stuff. that's I was going to make that comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a just kind of fun thing. So, yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about the worlds. We're not going to go through every puzzle as we mentioned because that uh, is excruciating. Uh, would be excruciating for us. Yeah, excruciating for you. Uh, so instead, we're just going to kind of talk about the worlds and the gimmicks they introduce. Yes. Yeah. So we mentioned this, you know, starting section with just those four levels. Nobody in the world needs to be told what the first four levels of Donkey Kong are, except that you have you have these new moves at your disposal from the very beginning. So if you look at the speed run of this, they're not climbing ladders. What they're doing is doing these uh, high jumps and backflips and stuff. Yeah. In order to just kind of like get right up to the top. Yeah. And the uh, you will accidentally, or at least it feels like you will accidentally do it. The way that when you press B to throw your hammer, um, I did that at a ladder. Uh, 
and then pressed up on the ladder to climb it, thinking my hammer was just going to fall away, and was surprised when I caught it. <laughs> There's a really clever little bit of level design there that teaches you this move without using text. Yeah. Um, it's just what you would do naturally. Mm-hmm. So you get to see that demonstrated. And that's that, that foreshadowing I was talking about that hints that there's more to come. Yes. Yeah. Um, but this quickly gives way to the big city. And this is the first time where you see, like, the map, you know, the Super Mario World map with the nodes and everything. So, like, again, just like that Morrowind stepping out of the boat, that Oblivion stepping oh, out of the boat. I was trying to figure tunnel. out what you meant by Morrowind. For a second, I was just like, oh, like, Morrowind? Yeah. No, I know what you mean now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to, like, Morrowind is a very bad example of that because it's like, I just a boat. I was thinking of the tunnel in Oblivion, but that Bethesda moment where you leave the vault. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you've you've left Midgard. Yes. Yeah. The um, and I'm not trying to punch up your your analogy. I just no, think that's fine. The, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it just it's a sign that this is going to be a different game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the first area is kind of an urban zone. You're just introduced to the mechanics. Nothing particularly new. Uh, mechanics and rhythm of the game. Yeah. Um, just lots of ladders and moving platform. And the oil. Don't forget the oil. Oil shows up. Our, our yeah. buddy, good good friend, oil. Um, <laughs> and this is my favorite part where they're going to use a lot of the ladders and homemade platforms. I think that's a mechanic that gets annoying when the stage doesn't fit on a screen or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit later when you have very big screens of scroll, uh, which is another thing, like level scroll. They're much mm-hmm. bigger actually just in size than Donkey Kong. Um, when that happens, uh, sometimes it can be a bit a little obnoxious yeah. to work that out. But here it's still fun. Yeah. Uh, the forest is really all about these um, platforms and uh, ladders that you can create. It's mm-hmm. mostly about setting this up. It's about using, you know, the enemies that are crawling along it, kind of taking advantage of their AI patterns. Yes, right. taking advantage of animals. Yes. This is where, where Mario does such, <laughs> in case you read the court proceedings. <laughs> the um, After this, Don Young gets on a ship. Uh, this is a transatlantic game. Uh, and this introduces ropes, you know, like on a ship. I don't know why yeah, that was in rigging. the jungle. Like, yeah, there's, there's rigging, I guess. Um, but this is where they introduce the Donkey Kong Jr. levels, and including, actually, the first level of Donkey Kong Jr. is in this. Yep. Uh, as a cute little homage, but you're Playing with his new move set, which is really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's any Donkey Kong, does anyone like Donkey Kong Junior? The the yeah, like the the restaurants guys did a Donkey Kong episode, and I was like listening to it, and I was like, this I'm the only person who likes Donkey Kong Junior. <laughs> like, what what is up with this? Like, I like it so much more than the first Donkey Kong. Why yeah. do you like this? And they were just like, oh, it's so hard. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah. it's it's but it's not like points based. Again, you don't have the hammer. You're not trying to get a high score. You're just trying to get through it. Mm-hmm. And that's like much more to my. That feels much more modern to me. Like, here's yeah. an obstacle. Can you get through it? Not. Here's a play space. Get as many points as you can. Right. You know? So it just that feels more, yeah. more my speed. Again, transitional to a kind of a more console-like experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like Don, Don County Junior mostly because of the conceit, the idea that the kids back for revenge. Yeah, 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 I guess I like that. It's like Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I, I never really thought about that. It's like Jaws yeah. 4. Yeah. I think part of the reason why people don't like Donkey Kong Jr. is because the uh, jumping mechanics are very horizontal. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to repeat that so it ends up on the podcast as well. What is your name? Uh, Jarrison. Jarrison uh, just said that one of the reasons why people don't like Donkey Kong Jr. is because the jumps are so horizontal. As opposed to vertical, and that's definitely true. Yeah, like he controls like a weird unit. He's also wearing a diaper. <laughs> I, I don't know if those are if those are connected. Like I don't know how high I could jump in a diaper. I feel like I could jump yeah. longer, better. But I don't, I'm just basing that on Donkey Kong Jr. I don't actually know if that's true. It could be a chicken and egg kind of thing. I don't know why you're giving him so much crap for being uh, considerate. <laughs> I guess wearing a diaper is considerate. Yeah. <laughs> I never considered a polite diaper. Yeah. He yeah. was a donkey. Oh, no, he's not a donkey. He's a monkey. Yeah, he's yeah. a monkey. I guess that's true. Or his owner is considerate. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Mojo, Homer is considerate. Mojo is rude. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, if you're just doing that, like, 
hanging tough. Like, I don't know if I can handle that. Like, that's a, a, spray, a spray of old GK Jr. is more than I can, I can stomach at this point. Um, the, um, so in the, uh, as we mentioned, you know, the ship, that's mostly what you do. They also introduce water levels. Um, you have typical Mario swimming. Uh, in this, um, and you cannot drown, as I mentioned before, right. uh, for all those people who are waiting for the thing to drown. <laughs> Just despite how much you might try, yeah. you sicko. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I yeah. bought Sonic 2 just to drown Sonic over and over and over, over again. And over yeah. and over. I, like the Prestige. Uh-huh. Spoilers for the end of the Prestige. But that's what I did with Sonic. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was just like, no, it feels like going to sleep. But he knew. Yeah. Um, the, I, I, I call you a sicko, but I'm sitting here with my... Yeah, there's the Dylan Dr. Moreau. Yeah, my Dr. Moreau. Uh, it is uh, Mario Kong. It is a Mario plushy head on a Donkey Kong plushy body. Get so you a my, man who can do both. <laughs> yep, my brother made that for me yeah. when he was in high school. Yeah. I wasn't sure if he was trying to help me or hurt me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was trying to hurt you. It's Chris. Uh, yeah, it's my brother. Yeah. He's trying, definitely trying to hurt me. Um, yeah. the, the ship goes to the jungle. Uh, that's where the destination there. Yeah. Um, and what happens in the jungle, this is all about those vibes. So if you are, was what would you say? Hanging tough, walking Hanging tall? Hanging tough. Okay. Hanging tough is what I use for DK Jr. using two vines without a diaper. Okay. <laughs> so the... Uh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is, uh, this is where they really introduce the, uh, uh, the, the, the vines, really, and lean on them. And also, uh, you have little helpful monkeys... Uh, who will walk along upper platforms and you hang on you hang on their tails as though they were yeah. little mobile vines. Yeah, which is cute, but also seems like it would hurt them. Yes. Um, and then there are birds that randomly uh, drop eggs on you. Yeah. Which is like so that's not that's not good mothering. No, no, it's uh, definitely uh, chi- a weird form of child labor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So uh, after the jungle, you go to the desert, uh, which makes I'm trying to think of the geography of this, and actually makes sense if you go to New York. Down to like kind of like there's actually like a path. I wonder if there's you know. Yeah, let's let's Dark Souls to this. Yeah. So you go <laughs> yeah. from No Man's Wharf to yeah. Lost yeah. Bastille. Uh, yeah. DK94 Lorecast. Um, <laughs> in the desert, uh, we're introduced to the destruct- destructible wall. So the hammer comes back. The hammer had been absent for a long time, so it's cool right. to see it come back. Well, it's a super hammer. Yeah. Like it's not a rounded one. They reinforced it so you can start busting through walls. Yeah. 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 So uh, super tight uh, kind of corridors using these hammers, and then these mummy enemies that you can toss. Yeah. Uh, if you want to toss some mummies. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> partway through the desert, and definitely once we reach this, this next area, is when things start getting a little bit sour. So, both Gary and I, we played and beat this game while we were here for the show. So, we're sitting in the hotel, and just like kind of just grousing back and forth about particular levels. And this starts in the airplane. Yes. Right. Because uh, it does a thing I'm never really fond of, where they introduce wind, so it just complicates the platforming by having wind. Right. Uh, which feel always feels gimmicky to me, and it always feels a little bit like you undercut what you spent the whole game doing. Like, you want to get yeah. the player very familiar, and you want to uh, increase challenges by adding elements that complicate what you're doing, not change it necessarily. So it's right. not more complicated platforming, it's just the physics change. Uh, and I find that to be a bummer. Yeah. Like Mega Man 2 does that, yeah, in the Air Man stage, and it's, again, not my favorite thing. Right. Or, but, like, but I, I don't mind in Bubble Man for some reason, but like with Airman, I don't like it so much. Yeah. Um, that's really the, the it's really platforming heavy. It's a platforming area with a, with that heavy wind. Yeah. Um, you take the airplane to Antarctica uh, on the Biscatonic <laughs> University expedition. Oh, yeah. No, you're um, definitely you're there for the umbrella, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in the, the iceberg is the name of this. And again, it's doing another thing where the platforming is slippery. Like it's. Yep. You know, it feels like if you put a gun to my head and said, come up with 100 levels in this engine, <laughs> I'd probably do some gimmicky nonsense as well. Right. You know, so I can't necessarily blame them. And it's not like there are no good levels in these worlds. It just doesn't shine as, as bright as the first half. Right. 
Yeah, so icy floors. You also have ice blocks that can be destroyed by crawling flame enemies. There was one particular puzzle that really gave me fits. The idea was you had a lever that controlled the extension of a floor um, and that would be blocked by these you know, ice blocks or whatever. You had to like guide these flame guys that were walking around on them and throw the lever at the exact final moment so that the floor would stop so you could throw a key down a hole that was created. Yeah. If you missed that opportunity, like if that, if that final block melted away while you were trying to do this, guess what? Your entire level is shot. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's why I recommend playing this on a 3DS. So you can just use, it's not that hard, but using save states just for uh, ease of use like yeah. that. I think so there's no, no crime. To ameliorate, um, you know, frustration. It also introduces hidden doors, which I hate. <laughs> um, there can be invisible doors. Like, and yeah. so in the beginning, they show you a little, uh, they don't show you the whole level. They show you part of the level uh, and, and Pauline will scream from a place. And sometimes it's just a spot in the background. Um, that's where the door is hidden. Uh, but the whole game, they're not very useful. Um, a lot of the levels, they don't show you the entire level. So it kind of trains you not really to look at those. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you have to. And if you didn't, it becomes a guessing game. Um, so again, it feels a little bit like padding. Uh, it's not my favorite thing. You, you, you can't say guessing game anymore. Oh, yeah. So yeah. We, can't, we can't put it in the middle. We can in the podcast. Oh, in, in the in post. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't have a pulled pull up here. A bit from another show that we do. But he, um, he does. Um, yeah, this also, uh, in addition to the hidden doors, we have... Um, uh, false doors, which in a game with a time constraint, taking this key around and trying every single door, a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. It's a, like a kind of kind of veering into dick move a little bit just because it doesn't feel additive. To it's me. the apartment complex in Silent Hill 2. Yeah. Uh, but for Mario. <laughs> um, yeah, after this, we could take the Rocky Valley, um, which is kind of a bummer world as well. It's huge. Um, and it's there, it feels like there's like there's a lot of combat in this level. Like There's a lot of like enemies I have to kill. Mm-hmm. And it's not a good combat engine. Right. Um, again, there's good levels, but it's solidly in like the slightly worst half of this game. Yeah, um, this is where they start bringing in like the uh, the the fire flower uh, enemies from Super Mario World, like the prehistoric Jumanji flowers that yeah. send up the puffs. I didn't mean to blow out your ears with that, and they start cascading down. So what you get is they put those at the top of the levels, and then it just becomes this ever-present threat unless you throw keys at them to get rid of them. Yeah. Yep. Um, next is the tower, which is actually pretty easy. It's a boss rush stage, and the boss fights, which are in each world, are pretty fun. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned early on, um, barrels come down. There are a couple different complications, like Donkey Kong will jump, and uh, that will stop you from moving. So you have to time your jumps for when you pound the ground. Uh, but usually they're related to the world, uh, some kind of traversal element that's related yeah. to the world, to get up either just get up to Pauline or to throw barrels at Donkey Kong. Yeah. And this is a rush of those different bosses, and they're all pretty fun, and it goes by pretty quick. Yeah. Um... Donkey Kong stomps also have the ability to summon debris from the sky. Everywhere. So I don't know if he's bringing, like, planes down on top of you or what. Sometimes they're barbells. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it says there's a gold... He has an apartment under a gold gym because he didn't have a whole lot of money. And no. it's just the, uh, you know... Um, and then after you do this this tower, you get the ending level, the boss well, fight. Yeah, we get the, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the final boss fight against yes. an actual King Kong-sized Donkey Kong. Yes, yeah, he, he becomes huge. And there's a, he's a background sprite. It's big and impressive for the Game Boy. Um, he kind of pounds on the ground on his hands. And you have to actually, like, traverse his face... <laughs> to get up to where the barrels are. Yeah. Um, and it has three phases. Um, it is a long multi-phase boss fight against Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool. Having him go down and then slowly get back up kind of grumpily and then smile. It's big, like, <laughs> shit-eating, like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna brick you up. Like it, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's pretty charismatic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like your save to avoid swearing. 
I'm going to brick you up sounds infinitely more heinous. I'm going to cask of amontillado you yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to turn you into basement. wall. Yeah. <laughs> you, you will be my house. Yeah. It, it is very sinister. It's, um, it is a very tough uh, boss fight, and you have a lot of lives for it, as, as we mentioned. Um, but, it, again, it doesn't do a lot of signaling that he's going to come back, and the first time he does every attack, you can't really dodge it. You know, right. so when he comes back for the first time, he does this clap move that is too quick to dodge if you're not on his nose already. Right. You just have to know it's coming. Um, it starts feeling a little trial and error. A little uh, bit. Then, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you get the credits. <laughs> you get the credits, and you also get the end. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Like the actual yeah. end scene. Yeah. It's this ending is ridiculous. I would encourage people to, to look it up on YouTube. If I had thought to prepare it, I would show it up here. Take our word for it, because what this does is imply. Uh, kind of a prequel sequel relationship between this and Super Mario Brothers because Mario and Pauline and Donkey Kong end up in what looks like World 1 1 of Mario. Yeah, Pauline gives Mario a, uh, his first magic mushroom. He goes from Donkey Kong proportions to Super Mario Brothers proportions. Uh, and then Donkey Kong falls from the sky and crushes him. He lifts him up because he's Super Mario now. And then they all take a selfie. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of a pipe in World One One, yeah, and then that's how that's how it ends. They're, they're all buddies now, and DK Junior Pot like photobombed it and stuff. Like, it's just, I don't know, I don't know how, um, but it's it's pretty cute, and also implies a chronology again, yeah, uh, which is a, a crazy thing. Like, there's probably Kong Historia on Amazon.com right now, but like, it's just, I didn't expect that to find that in this game. Uh, no. This is a game I played when I was younger, but I never beat it. I, I just played the first you know thirty stages or so, and then I yeah. was a kid, and I. I don't know. Like, Same. Yeah, mow the lawn until I can get a green jelly tape and then like, <laughs> listen to that for a summer. <laughs> just like, I had a really regrettable haircut. Yeah. Got the sleeves off my t shirts. Like, it was, yeah, it was not good. That's what I, I mean, guys. I never owned this. Um, I did, however, play a good deal of the first like third of the game. Uh, it was a Midwest uh, department store called Service Merchandise. That is so bland. You ever, you ever I love that Service so much. No, 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 but that's really good. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had it all. They had both service and goods. Yeah. Um, no, but, like, their gimmick was, like, I don't think that they had anything on the floor. They just had, like, the demonstration models. You grabbed the tickets, and then you took it up to the desk, and they, they called it up on a conveyor belt. Ooh. All, like, all the stuff. I love that. It's like the future. Yeah, yeah. But, the, yeah. Like, but they had all the like demo units, including this on Super Super uh, uh, Game Boy. No. No. So I mean, that, that kind of goes through the game, and you might be thinking, Gary and Cole, this game's real cool. What kind of follow-ups were there? Well, you get, you get a lot of nerve. Uh, this is our presentation, <laughs> and we get to talk. Uh, so, so don't say um, the No, cool, there, cool there's... Down, man. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm actually kidding. I just realized I said that while someone was talking. I wasn't calling them out. Um, so you would think that... So this was kind of a, a cool thing for Nintendo. They took something, one of their very simple ideas, and expanded on it, mm-hmm. uh, which is very, very neat to see. There's not... I feel like Nintendo, other than, like, games that have had that evolution, haven't... Like, we haven't seen, like, a, a, a cool reimagining a balloon fight. There's not like a cool wrecking crew. But that is There's not, you know, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. What if they did Balloon Fight, but it was Star Fox? I, I want the, you know, I want the, the Pac-Man Championship Edition for Balloon Fight. Yeah. You know, I want I want them to do this, and this is kind of an early example of that, like taking a very simple arcade game and doing a really cool expansion of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something that Nintendo, kind of like you know, right, wrong, or whatever, has a reputation for not doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo has a reputation for uh, doing reinventions at very wide intervals, and in between, you get the same Zelda game for. You know, six entries. Like, they're really similar. You know, yes. it's Ocarina of Time again and again and again and again, and then also Modora's Mask over to the side. Right, right. Uh, there's a hand up in the back. Yeah, um, I was just going to say that I think that Ice Climbers deserve... Ice Climbers is another great example, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, uh, that would be... You know, they've, they've allowed, allowed a lot of their first-party stuff to kind of lay fallow. 
and and they could do. I would love to see them take the four force of their uh, the full force of their like ingenuity and apply it mm-hmm. and do this kind of expansion. And then 1994, like yeah. it's just really really cool how early this is. Yeah. Or or just the, the fact that you control two characters is really unique in that. Like you can do some neat stuff with that. Yeah. Um, so th- there were plans for this. There were plans for kind of an update. Yeah, so they decided to try to carry this forward. They were going to do something for the Game Boy Advance called Donkey Kong Plus, I think. Uh, it was going to be an updated, you know, kind of expanded uh, you know, re-release of this. However, that development kind of took a little bit of a left turn, and that's what eventually became uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong, March of the Minis. Yes, yeah, which is a, a series I don't have any familiarity with. Right, right. So, but I watched video of it. I mean, I don't have any. I've never played it. But I've watched video, and it, it's not this. So right, I waited right. right become this. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a superficial similarity because they are side scrolling, you yes. know, puzzle kind of platformer kind of things. I think that like the biggest thing about the biggest thing in Mario Minis that I that I would want is the level designer. Yeah. Like that is a game that is about making your own levels and stuff. Yeah. Um, so the two kind of real noteworthy things that are worth talking about, like puzzle platformers are very common now, especially in the indie space. Thanks, Jonathan Blow. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the, so those are everywhere. Yeah. But uh, one, um, this is incredibly generous. Like it, it's, again, it's really maximalist, like 101 levels. Like you get, you keep getting and getting and getting. Yeah. The other thing that's worth pointing out is like 1994, <laughs> right? Like, so there's a couple, there were a couple Game Boy, even puzzle platformers. Like there's a game I'm very fond of called Cat Trap. Uh, that it actually has the the braid mechanics of being able to reverse time. Oh, wow. uh, that's like uh, right around this time. But it was still kind of a rarer genre around then. It's like this Krusty's Funhouse, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Bugs Bunny Crazy Castles a yeah. little bit. Like that's a little bit more methodical, a little bit more staid. Yeah, right. But it was. It's not. It wasn't a genre that had the same saturation as this did. So it's like a, a very again very generous example of it, and pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, not something they would do again. Like that generosity, I, f- I feel like that word is lost all meaning as we've overused it. But like a port, maybe wouldn't have been enough, but a, but a port would have been acceptable. Like yeah. nobody would have like picked up their torches and pitchforks and gone to Seattle. You know, if, if they, this had if come they, out for they, Super Nintendo, or if this had, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like oh, like just like here, here's Donkey Kong. You can play it on the go now. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. As you mentioned, it's available on the 3DS uh, eShop. It's a great investment. It's only a couple bucks. Not investment in terms that's going to go up in value. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can't flip this digital copy no, of no, Donkey Kong 94, like a house flipper. Kind you don't of have thing. to report it on your taxes as an yeah. asset that <laughs> yeah. depreciates or anything. But it, it is it is a good uh, it's a good purchase and a great way to play the game yeah. as well. Like, it looks great. It feels yeah. great. Yeah. So with all the options for playing the game, you know, uh, original Game Boy, the later Game Boys, the Super Game Boy... Uh, Emulation solutions, uh, RetroPie, you know, so on and so forth. What's your favorite way of playing? Uh, so the question was, with all the different ways to play this game, including emulation, uh, original hardware, and everything, what is the best way to play it? Or what is our favorite? Yeah. Um, so I played through the game on the 3DS, uh, mostly because I knew I'd be doing a lot of it when I was traveling. Uh, whenever I do something like this for the show, though, and I know I'm going to be kind of like housebound, um, Husband, the way that I live my life, I, I live got my, an ankle bracelet. Right, right. Yeah. I, I live my life like a, like an elderly prisoner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but if I was just at home and like playing this over the course of a weekend, you know, prepping for a show, I'd probably do it like on an emulator on Mac, like play like Open Emu, right? Yeah. Something like that. I know we're not really original hardware guys. Like I like the 3DS because I can play it in bed or I can like take it on the bus. Yeah. 
Uh, so most things I will play portably if I can. Like, I like that option a lot. Mm. Um, you know, it's not great ergonomics, but just the freedom is really yeah. good. And I'm, not, I'm just not a purist. Like, I appreciate that kind of stuff. I think it's cool. Yeah. I think technology is cool. I watch YouTubes about people talking about how to get, like, the purest signal and all this stuff. Uh, like, someday I would like to meet the Frame Meister, live in his castle <laughs> in, in Framezonia or whatever it is. I, I like that stuff, but at the same time, it's just not me. Right. We, we got a couple extra minutes. Does anyone else have any other questions either about this or anything? Right. Uh, have no. you actually seen the live-action Donkey Kong video on YouTube where all of a sudden it has an actual guy doing the action? <laughs> uh, someone asked if we've seen the live-action Donkey Kong, and then there's a pause. And I thought there was a movie, and I was yeah, going to yeah, go like, crazy. Immediately, we would adjourn this session. Yeah, it's like, um, guys, listen, we're all snowed in. Yeah. Let's go download this on iTunes and crowd around my phone. Like, let's watch <laughs> I, it's a live action, and I think it's just a prequel to what they're doing for the actual whole sequence, because it's only about three minutes long. And from what I saw, it's actually well thought out as far as if you were to sit there and want somebody you know what Mario would be doing going up this up there. Yeah. And what it would look like if he got hit by one of those barrels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know you know my propensity for watching Mario the yeah. yeah, they actually got a part where he's climbing up where he's climbing up the actual uh, ladder and he actually gets caught by one of the barrels and knocked down. Oh jeez. Yeah. So the the answer is no, we've we we've we've never seen that. I will definitely uh, look look that up though. Yeah, it's a, it sounds like it is a, like a fan like creation, like a like yeah. a yeah. I I've not seen that but I'll take a look yeah. for sure. Yeah. It kind of falls into the same thing because the ending is like you get up to, he gets up to Donkey Kong, beats Donkey Kong, and Bowser comes and takes him. Right, right. <laughs> oh, what, 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 what the, oh, what, what's your name? Robert. Yeah, Robert. What Robert here said was uh, like it goes through the entire thing. He gets to the end, uh, defeats Donkey Kong, then Bowser comes and takes takes the princess. Yeah. So, yeah. Donkey Kong and Bowser should hang out more. <laughs> like the, those guys, it seems like a, like if I were friends with both of them, I'd try to set them up. Like, just like you guys should hang out. Like I, all they ever do is hang out. They play tennis. They well, all, all the people hang do is yeah. hang out. Like I just mean those guys specifically should. Like, oh, right. You know, do like a band or something. Yeah, yeah. work work on a project. Is it possible that? And I suppose this would take outside research probably that uh, Nintendo is not allowed to just do a straight up port of the original arcade Donkey Kong because. Wasn't there like a lawsuit or something? There are ports of, uh, it's not exactly the arcade version. I think that they are generally enhancements, though. Yeah. You know, so the, the, the question was, is it possible because of the legal issues if they can't actually add a, a straight arcade port? And that's possible because um, you'd think that they would do that to squeeze some money and throw that on a virtual console thing just for people like real purists of the arcade version. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they've just put out a bunch of different versions of it and probably uh, are comfortable with that. But I don't know. To your point, like it would require research and that's not... Uh, I, I, I don't look like Jeremy Parrish. I'm not Jeremy <laughs> Parrish. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, most of what you see is the NES version. Yeah. Uh, I think, so I think I'm up on time. Can we answer two more questions or is there someone who didn't show up? I don't know if there's anything after this. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, Nintendo's just holding us back by not doing the Pi Factory level. Oh, yeah. Like, we're forever looking for that perfect version. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. There's, there's no Pi Factory version in the uh, the home version, just the four levels instead of the five. Yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, there's a Pi Factory podcast I walked by up on the show floor that named themselves after that. It looks like they mostly do uh, old Atari and arcade things. Nice. Based on that. Yeah, in the back. Um, okay, this isn't really too much of a question, but there's a video that just got posted recently, like January 15th, that I saw, and it takes uh, the original, like, Design of the original Donkey Kong and uh, Donkey Kong Jr. 
when this guy rendered a 3D model and played it over Donkey Kong Country. Oh. <laughs> it's good. It's by uh, Space Pig 22 on YouTube, and it's what Donkey Kong used uh, DK's old design. Yeah, oh. okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, uh, there, there's a YouTube uh, by Space Pig 22. You said. Space Pig 22, who took a uh, redesigned the uh, the old took the Donkey Kong Country thing and used the old Donkey Kong kind of design for him. Yeah, made a 3D model. Made a 3D model of it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so he does. Don't dump those assets. Do so. Yeah. Do something cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're just about up on on, on time. There are a couple of people hovering around the door. So just yeah. uh, for people uh, who don't know us, you can find all of our work at DuckFeed.tv. Uh, we put out a, sh- a different. We have a, a billion different podcasts we put out something every day Um, this show comes out every Thursday ordinarily it's much more exhaustive than this Uh, we choose certain games and do kind of an abbreviated version live but um, sometimes they're intolerably long. Uh, if you if you feel like you got masochist, uh, see if you can you handle four hours about Ultima Underworld. Uh, I did. Yeah, um, the, the, we were there. Man. Yeah, we were there. It's a really good episode. Um, yeah. the, the, uh, so uh, check that out. And then uh, we're listener supported entirely, so it's through Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV. That's why we're able to come do live shows. That's why we're able to pay rent yep. and stuff. So uh, if you check that out, we also appreciate it. Yes. And also, uh, while you're here at the show, um, if you're not rushing to get home before the roads get any worse, please come up and see us. Uh, we're up there at a table. We have uh, buttons, stickers. I probably I recognize a lot of you from stopping by, so you probably already have them. But come up, hang out, talk. We're up on the we're up in the vendor hall, back, back by the food. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thank you. Boy, that was a panel. <laughs> we do. We, we, I mean, that, that made it sound like it was bad. Yeah, but no. it just that, that was a. Uh, it's I, I said like that because no time has passed for Cole and I, and we just went immediately into it. Right, right. Um, there was just a small a small silence, so we could you know see it on the waveform where we would need to edit. Yes. Yeah. Um. I I don't know how to how to start talking about the about the weekend because there's I mean there, there there's a lot to it, but also like it it kind of went without incident. You start with the greatest hits. Okay. And then you go to the album tracks. Okay. Yeah. That's how you start talking about The weekend. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're the kind of band that has album tracks, actually. Um, the uh, Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, – just talk about getting there. This is the second year we've done Mid- uh, Midwest Gaming Classic. Yeah. Um, and people may remember from last year when we talked about it, it was in that weird space. Yeah. So last year, if you didn't listen to – the Pilot Wings episode, uh, so Midwest Gaming Classic is kind of the show on the grow a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, where it is this year kind of actually just now getting into what you would consider to be uh, a convention space, right? Yeah. Yeah, this was definitely like it kept some of that kind of sprawling zoneness, mm-hmm. but it also uh, felt like a convention. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we were not in a, in a, in a hallway. Uh, there were not like hotel rooms. You know that were just uh, kind of like demo spaces for people. Uh, and, well, and I mean, there were there such. were conference rooms that were just demo spaces. Oh yeah, <laughs> for people. So it was still, uh, you know, very. Uh, <laughs> but I wasn't leaning up against a mini fridge in order to like get get a good angle on a screen. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, you know, so it still it still had some of that feeling to it in kind of a strange way. Like we were in the main space, mm-hmm. which looked like a, it was like a mini PRGE, and then they had uh, an arcade space. 
uh, like a pinball specific largely space next yeah, to it. It was this weird mixed use space that was like a one half pinball, one quarter like arcade and then one quarter console museum. And with a smattering of vendors. Right. Like the, a couple of vendors got stuck in there. A couple like podcast people got stuck in there and stuff, but mostly it was that. And then kind of surprisingly, like that's what it seemed like the, the show was, but there were tons of just rooms set up yeah, uh, throughout the convention that were just like, here's a fairly big room, like not, not a convention size room, but a fairly big room with say like 16 arcade games in it. Yeah. You know, or this room is set up with 16 different uh, video game systems. There, there were a lot of those that I couldn't figure out. There were some where the theme was more apparent. Like, oh, this is the Midway room, right? We're in the Midwest. Yeah. You know, like Midway would just load their shit up in a car and, you know, drive up there. Mm-hmm. Um, that Like, there was weirdly a, a, a room entirely done by and for the Pokemon podcast guys, the super effective ones. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, which, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty cute. Uh, there was a, uh, a room that was all steel, steel battalions, uh-huh. uh, set up, which is cool. Like that kind of stuff is sort of obvious, Yeah, you know, and then there would just be rooms that, you know, I think there was an indie room, uh, that, you know, they put all those people in one room rather than putting them in hotels, um, mm-hmm. which is good. That's probably, you know, for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the convention made a lot more sense this year. Um, getting there, like it's still, this is the first day and first time in a new space. So it was a little bit difficult, uh, to get in. And, uh, we got in, we ended up splitting a booth with Retronauts again. Yeah. Um, which like we, what we did for a PRGE and, you know, big thanks to those guys for letting us split the booth with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that we got in and within the deadline to get a table, mm-hmm. uh, through that. Um, you know, which is my fault. I, I didn't contact them quite in time and we weren't sure whether we were going to do this convention or not. Right. Right. Again, uh, but we were able to do the table because of the retro guys, and uh, they are they are good and uh, pleasant booth mates, yeah. as well as just being fun to hang out with. Yeah, good, good a good fit. <laughs> yep. Uh, so then we got there, we got set up. Um, there's a whole lot of just like, oh, are we going to have the electricity? Like, are we going to have um, the signs that we have didn't fit on the table? So we had to do some kind of stuff. But we got there early enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we got there during a miserable, miserable snowstorm. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit during the episode. Uh, this was a legitimate bummer because there were people who lived in the area who were not able to to come out uh, because yeah. of the weather, which is which is totally understandable. Um, thank, and huge thanks to everybody who did kind of kind of kind of brave brave the weather. But yeah, there was definitely a sense of like a city snowed in. Yeah. Yep. There was a, there was a blizzard and it was for us, you know, we, we pay attention to like turnout and stuff like that. And I think it would have been actually a very, very good turnout without that uh-huh. because it was an average turnout with that. Yes. You know, like uh, the meetup was actually really well attended. I mean, specifically the panel itself. Yeah. And uh, we met a lot of cool people mm-hmm. who showed up, which makes me feel better. Like if we do this, this show again, like I feel better about it because a lot of people showed up and we do have a lot of people in the Midwest. Yeah. You know, um, and the weather won't always be miserable because last year it was like paradisey. Oh, it was great. And yeah. And this year it's, we talk about being bad. Like um, it, it was bad, like freezing sleet, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, difficult to walk, you know, slippery and dangerous to walk around on. Uh, very unpleasant. Yeah. You know, like I was, I was looking forward to being around in some winter. Like I, I'm not used to winter, but it was like the worst kind of winter. Yeah. Like um, heavy, heavy, snowed, heavy wet winter. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, like people. People's travel was really like messed up. Like, what was it? Bob was his flight was delayed by like a by a day or something. 
Yeah, and he had to take a bus down to Chicago. Oh God! To uh, to get on the, the plane, and they almost uh, delayed my. I ended up being fine, but I really thought they were going to delay my plane. Yeah. Um, it seemed like that was on the table, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. So so weather was real miserable, but luckily where the hotel was right there, um, and uh, close to to restaurants. Uh, we we do when we go out to one of these places, we we find some from some American fast casual, <laughs> uh, to eat at. Um, last year we went to uh, Outback. Oh, Outback yeah. came to us. Well, we Outback. need to be very clear because that Outback was was directly attached to our hotel by a corridor. We 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 were already inside an Outback. <laughs> right. You know, so so we slept on a blooming a blooming onion. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we went to Benihana. Yeah, that was really tasty. Yeah. It was actually like hit the spot extremely hard <laughs> in a major way. Um, um, it is really weird. Like yeah. uh, we didn't get to do the whole the funny you know watching somebody cut an onion. Uh, in a funny way right uh, we, 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 had, we didn't do the show part of dinner in a show we definitely just yeah. we just did the dinner yeah yeah yep, yep. um but uh, uh <laughs> this this is funny so i'm not very adept with chopsticks mm-hmm. I, I was struggling against it and what they do at a benihana in order to help you retain your dignity when you ask for the uh when you ask for the silver shame fork yeah <laughs> when you ask for the shame fork they bring it out on a platter with like a doily underneath yeah, <laughs> like, like it is like just a trip. It's not somebody who just like walks by and and pulls one of the little packs out of his apron. No, it is, is a, it is a special trip with the shameful platter um, that has the with the doily to show how fancy you are. You're too fancy yeah. to get down and, and eat food like the rest of us. Right, right. You need a fork. <laughs> so but, yeah. just wanted to share that detail with people. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but man, did that hit the spot? Like it was a real weird thing. Like I was just like, what? Because we did our Midwest meal. Oh, for uh, sure. I can't remember the name of that place was. We went to like a beer and beer and hot dog it, sausage. It, place. It, it was really it was it was it was really generically named. It was like Milwaukee sausage restaurant. <laughs> but it wasn't the Milwaukee sausage company like one that was you know went to like that that other one that we passed. Right, right. Uh, um no, and but, it was you know it was good. Like yeah. I, I got you know, if you want to get a bratwurst with like a bunch of bunch of stuff on it. Mm-hmm. You get you get that. Yeah, there. but that you know that's not a good pattern to have for the entire night or for the entire weekend. <laughs> No, no, no. And, you know, I got cheese curds and stuff. And that was it for that, for, for terrible food I was going to allow myself to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just for, you know, being, feeling okay mm-hmm. uh, at all. And then the, uh, yeah, but Benihana was actually like very good, like vegetables and shrimp. And I was like, oh, this feels relatively healthy and awesome. Yeah. Um, and that was on the, uh, the way to the meetup. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the meetup was very fun. So we, we, we did it at the 1983 arcade and bar and we had a, we had a really good turnout for that actually yeah. like back in our, back in our table. Despite the weather. Yeah. You know, we, we split it with the restaurants guys as we generally do. Um, and I always think that at those things, I'm going to play games. No. Uh, and, and I, I really didn't, I just kind of hung out and stuff, but the, the, those guys, the 1983 guys were awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when, you know, they, I told them we were doing this meetup and stuff, they gave us a bunch of, um, tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very sweet of them, and I gave a bunch of those out to people who uh, who showed up, um, just to hey, do you want to play some games on us? Yeah, you know, um, it's not it's not a huge barcade, and it's like there's not tons of room mm-hmm. in it, but it is it is fun, and the the staff were like incredible and nice, yeah, and really good turnout, really just nice, like sitting back in the corner just chatting, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was really fun. Yeah, trying to <laughs> I, I spent my time like rotating through the crowd, making sure I wasn't like holed up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, you know, good, good drinks and everything. Uh, pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then headed back to the, the hotel, the hotel had some weird, we had some weirdness with the hotel <laughs> oh uh, over the course of the weekend. Oh my God. Like, the, the pretty flood. frustrating. The... <laughs> yeah. The hotel flooded at a certain point, which like, 
they, they gave the alarm went off that like the fire alarm, uh-huh. um, which is just like a calming voice telling you to leave. <laughs> we are all which about I, to die. It's just like, make your way, you know, so we were very good boys and we immediately like grabbed the things that we were most valuable and went down. And it turns out we were the exceptions and most people just didn't give a shit because the lady <laughs> was like, oh, you guys actually went down, huh? Was like, okay. And we didn't want to burn alive, yeah. uh, you know, uh, but there was a, uh, the, the lobby flooded. Yeah. Um, there's the sprinklers went down, went off down in the breakfast lobby. Yeah. Well, it, like the sense I got was like, it was, it was sprinklers a couple of floors up that just kind of like, yeah. just the, the, the huge rush of flood was like, of like rooms giving way or something like yep. that. So like yeah. some people's possessions were definitely ruined. That's uh, the, the, yeah. the, the more venal inconvenience was the, uh, was the fact that the air conditioner didn't work. And you would say, Cole and Gary, didn't you just say it was a, it was a blizzard. Um, and we would say, shut your fucking mouth (laughs) (laughs) you can't open the windows or anything so it's like it was it was really warm in our hotel room extremely stuffy yeah like even when it wasn't warm like we we got some fans the first night uh but like it was we just kept on asking them to fix it (laughs) yeah we asked we asked them every day multiple times a day yeah uh and they never did yeah um you know and they it's pretty frustrating like i don't i don't go into customer mode Mm -hmm. with things but the frustrating thing is like every time I had to keep like, you know, kind of relitigating it every single time. Right. They just be like, oh, it's not working at all. It's like, nope. You know, it's like, oh, so you've stood by and like put your hand there. Sometimes it's quiet. Nope. Yeah. Nothing's working. Oh, we'll turn it all the way off and turn it back on. Yep. Like did that, that. you know, every single time (laughs) it was just re-going through the common stuff, you know, that like they just pointed to their shirt that said, have you tried turning it off and on again? (laughs) And and then just like winked at me and said, thinkgeek.com. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, 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 it was like every single time that happened and they just they just never fixed it mm-hmm. after like just assurances from many people. And, you know, we're not going to call them out like we don't need to negative advertise for that place. No, no, like, we don't. Need, I'm not even going to say what, what name the hotel was. And like, that, that's so, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I was going like, to name specific staff members. Denise. Yeah, um, no, exactly. no, but like. You know, I, I I hate I hate demanding satisfaction. Like that's just not. Oh yeah. That like I, I man, you're terrible at duels, dude. What's that? I've I've seen you duel, <laughs> and you're just really bad at it because yeah. of that. Like I'm so timid. I just don't want to impose. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. But I was like at the end, I said, "Hey, you know, we we stayed here for four days, four or five days, and like you guys had lots of chances to fix it. Can we just knock a day off of that, please?" And they were like, "There was no, they were like they didn't put up any fight about it." There's like, "Yeah, we're just gonna fix that." So. Yeah, I, I learned to stand up to people at a counter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I w- I think I would have, you know, in this situation, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, like I don't, I don't like to demanding satisfaction either. But like, I would have just, you know, hey, you know, I asked about this every day. Yeah, yeah. you know, like you, you know, this is this is, yeah, I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it. But like, I feel like we should get something yeah. for just compromise sleep for a whole weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, and it made a difference. Like, I didn't sleep as well because of it. Yeah, you know, it's definitely warm and uncomfortable. Luckily, uh, I didn't do much sleeping, if you know what I mean, because I watched the Food Network. Uh, <laughs> I watched at least you watched so much twenty full episodes of of of, some, of stuff. Yeah, between between Chopped and uh, Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, and Guys Grocery Games, I uh, I had a whole uh, food food channel weekend. <laughs> so we couldn't go out like we tried to yeah we're like we kept like walking around like walk we found that uh, there's a there's a statue of the fawns yeah the bronze fawns yeah. <laughs> bronze fawns but it was just too nasty out like we kept trying to I, like i wanted to go check out the city uh-huh but it was so gross yeah so it's you know what's not gross guys grocery games <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> like, 
yeah. surprisingly. And like that show is, and I'm glad I, I got to be watching some of it because like there's the part we were watching it. And I don't know if you remember it, but it very specifically where like they cut over to guy and he's going to say something. And he was so clearly eating uh-huh. like two seconds before he just stuffed like a chicken wing in his pocket. And he's kind of <laughs> trying to talk without showing that he has food in his mouth. Uh-huh. Like he just doesn't give a shit no, during that show. No. <laughs> very funny he's he's not engaged at all he doesn't just like right like oh what you doing there oh okay hey, yeah hey sister you got some pasta cool <laughs> you know and that's pretty much the extent of it big gulp big gulps all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know and then they do that that insulting thing at the end where it's just like you know th- this this flowering vegetable uh rhymes with crockily you know they, they do the, the little thing where you have to go to the place and, and find the item <laughs> yep. and they just act like it's a real thing and it's yeah. so dumb yeah well so what, dumb. What, what was it like they, they, they were doing one and they were, it was like it was like just a profile of somebody and they just cut to them ski like like water skiing here's <laughs> 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 just file footage of this contestant water skiing <laughs> It's it's it really reinforced. I was tweeting about this, but it's still true. Is that the best way in the world to watch TV is once or is twice a year, right? Like it, instead of you know everyone loves binge watching TV. Uh-huh. Instead, consider just watching network TV twice a year because we're slowly ga- entering into the Tim and Eric verse. <laughs> like at a, not even slowly, at like an alarming rate. <laughs> like all of this stuff felt like Tim and Eric sketches. Yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 hotel time was fun. I definitely like just even just listening to you laugh at that in the other room. <laughs> it's, it's having a very good time with it. Yeah, not like gonna a... lie, I was extremely entertained by uh, and but also though because I I was making fun of it too, and I learned that uh, he is now against all odds one of those people that if you make fun of on Twitter, you call an army of people arguing about whether it's okay to make fun of Guy Fieri. <laughs> right, right. Because uh, uh, I mean. There are any number of ways that you could make fun of Guy Fieri, you know, Um, and I think that there's definitely a lot of like assumption about what particular thing you're making fun of him for. I mean, but it's an assumption that no one has ever made fun of. Right. Uh, It is thing because people respond as if the the, what you're doing is you're saying um, he's a terrible person Mm -hmm. and no one's ever done that. Yeah. You know, no one has ever made fun of almost anybody, but nobody's making fun of, of Guy Fieri saying like, yeah, that fucker, he doesn't even do charity work. <laughs> right. You know, and then people pop in with just like, actually, you know, he's actually a really good dude and does charity, charity work. And it's like, he dresses like a fucking carnival decoration. Like, <laughs> I don't like, I just don't understand, yeah. like, you know, in what way this like life size Bam Bam Bigelow is not OK to like, you know, tease about that while simultaneously enjoying his works. Right, right. You no, know, but he, he wants to be teased. Like he is a larger than life character for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't dress and act like that to not create conversation about how you dress and act. Hey, we're and talking if the conversation about is supposed to be yeah, totally like, and is the conversation supposed to be, uh, man, he's so fucking cool. You know, like he, he comes up, he, he's wearing his, his shirt that's on fire. He does his, you know, his assistant is in another car filming him driving around in his Corvette talking about how awesome it is to go around the world eating chicken sandwiches. And, uh, and then I'm supposed to be like, man, look at that dude's charity work. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. You know, like I just don't, I, you know, I don't get it, but right. it's a, uh, you know, that, that's the conversation that that was had because, because Twitter is bad. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, um, um yeah. I, I enjoyed the, the, the works of Guy Fieri. I also got in my like annual, like, okay to good new Simpsons. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's always nice when I watch a new Simpsons and it's not so bad. Yeah. And we watched a new Simpsons. That was not so bad. Yeah, it was fine. It was it was about Moe's family. Yeah, it's like they are running out of plots. Yeah, 
Um, there's a couple like like good laugh out loud moments in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh. no, uh, but that was cool. And like just uh, all the people who came out to the table, it was it was great. To, great great to get a chance to talk to all of you uh, either at the table yeah. or at the meetup. Yeah, everybody was really nice, and I uh, met some people who uh, we you know we'd known for a little while. Some repeat people, which is always great. Mm-hmm. And then and I have a list of people who came up and talked to us. That I'd like to give shout outs. Yeah, these people, and it's just going to be me because it's a paper list. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so I hope you like listening to Gary Butterfield read, read names because that's happening right now. Uh, so, you know, big shout out to uh, Nick, John, uh, Max. Max, we hung out with a lot at the uh, the meetup uh, there, um, and I think Max actually recently patronized us. So, thank you, Max. Oh. Um, Steve, Elliot, Dan, uh, Brian, Casey, Joey, Adam, Jim, Brad, Josh. Luke, Joseph, Duriel, Bob, Corey, Stephen, Brian, Brad, uh, who we also hung out with a bunch mm-hmm. at the, uh, the meetup. And I was actually supposed to hang out with Brad in Portland. He came up to Portland, and we were going to hang out on the day that uh, Roars died. Actually, oh, so it's a super bummer. But yeah. I missed Brad when he came up here. But uh, Peter, uh, Joey, and then John, a.k.a. Teapots from the Slack. Um, yeah, and if, if something happened, if I missed you, um, it's not because we didn't care. I just didn't catch your name. Yeah. But, uh, we let, you know, it's really, it's meaningful when people come up and say hi. So I just wanted to give everybody and let everyone know, uh, you know, we appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I try to try to remember everybody. I, I do appreciate it a lot. Yes. You know, so hopefully, you know, if we come back next year, hopefully I'll, I'll see you guys again. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming by and saying hi very much. Yeah. It was a, it was a very good time. Good, fun show. It is, you know, uh, it's us doing our jobs. Like it's going out there and doing work, but like it is, it is excellent work to have. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a really fun weekend. Yeah. And it's just kind of, uh, you know, now that I'm getting like, you know, older, we're like it, just a weekend of like literally just watching Guy Fieri on the TV in a hotel was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like, yeah, hell yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like we even it. did like, I so, said, you know, the, the, the Sunday night afterwards, we were just completely wiped out and it's like, let's just, let's just grub hub some, some Indian food. And just, yeah, don't eat some Indian food nap, dude. Yeah, like, it's just, like just, you know, and now that you know, we, we both had individual uh, uh, beds and stuff. Right, right. But it was, uh, you know, we're we, not. We were the living the sweet day. life of Zach and Cody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, um, but it, it was just, uh, it was cool to be old. Yeah. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. So felt good about it. I didn't, you know, didn't party. I, I barely, I had like just a couple of drinks. I barely yeah. drank. Yeah. You know. I was I was fighting people off who were trying to buy who were trying to buy me drinks. Yeah, so. is they're very sweet, and I was just like, man, yeah, I can't, I die. Yeah, you know, and 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 I was the uh, for people who uh, who remember the chronology of uh, my health problems mm-hmm. is that uh, right before this was like super bad nausea gate, and yeah. I got back and I had a terrible upper respiratory infection and coughed for a whole week straight. I got pink eye, <laughs> and you got pink, you got double pink eye. Yep, <laughs> you got pink eyes. You know, so it was uh, it was a lot like it, it took a, it, it was fun, but it took a toll. <laughs> you know, it even took a peninsula. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, next show is going to be Portland and that'll be fun. Yeah, I think that'll be that'll be really fun. And actually, that's the one, you know, I, I've been uh, some definitely some duck feed people are coming up mm-hmm. for that. So uh, you get bonus, you know, if coming out and meeting us, if that, uh, you know, that's cool. But if you, you know, if, if that's quite enough, not enough. How would you like to meet Jeremy Greer? Yeah. Um, I recommend it. Uh, <laughs> so you, you, you can come out and meet. Uh, Jeremy's coming up. Um, I believe that Brian Wade is coming up. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm like 90, 90, 90% on that. Well, on uh, 90, 90% people. on the show, so he's on the hook. Yeah, Brian, come out. 
Um, and then there's also some uh, other people who I think are coming out who I don't want to put in a situation by by calling out in case they, they can't make it. But uh-huh. um, I think this is going to be the one to go to. Yeah. Uh, you know, also like me, me moving has been on the table for a long time, which I still mm-hmm. think we do Portland Yep. if I do. But like it would require just financially like revisiting it mm-hmm. as a thing. Like it would be less of a given if it's not half as expensive. Right. You know, as it could be. So like there is a chance, like a slim one, but there's a chance that this might be it for Portland. So if you're specifically, if you're in the uh, Pacific Northwest, like clear your October. Yeah. Uh, the entire <laughs> thing. Cause you yeah. know, um, how do we want, how do we want to close this? Oh, just, um, you know, normal stuff. So like if it, it's still an episode. Yes. Um, so, so if you like this show, if you like, uh, the network, you know, we know the live episodes are a little bit different. Um, you know, but, uh, I think they're still fun. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, come back next week, there'll be a regular episode. Um, we don't know exactly what's coming next because this might be a weird spot in the schedule, mm-hmm. but just, uh, check us out on social media or check the preceding or next episode to find out what comes up next. Yes. Um, and if you, if you like this stuff, if you want to support us and um, we can only do these live shows and come to your town to talk about games, uh, because of your patronage. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you head on over to patreon.com slash TV, and that is where you can learn about that and where you can help out your boys. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's everything. Um, yeah, so uh, we really appreciate it, and hopefully we'll see you uh, in person at some point during our lives. Yeah. I couldn't even get that much done. So the uh, I, I actually passed out without rushing my teeth and regretted it. That's the worst, man. Yeah, it is. Like, somebody used my mouth as an ashtray yeah. all night. Like it just feels More like. Than every case I had all day oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real mixed grill oh, yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's no good. <laughs> the, uh, There's a lot of cheese yesterday too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary, you take Wisconsin man's eater mixed grill a lot. I got it from cat food. I don't know if you're aware of it. <laughs> no, no, it's because it's for, I saw it on a cat food label and I thought it was funny. <laughs> It's very applicable. Well, yeah, totally. Well, because you don't know, like, the reason why mixed grill is appealing to me is because uh, it doesn't say what's being grilled. Oh, yeah. It, it's like just like miscellaneous, like, fry. And it's like, well. It's like, look at the can, assorted variable. Yeah. Huh. Cedar yeah, yeah, cedar chips. Yeah, bugs. Yeah, just whatever we have, like, scrapple. It's kind of like if you order, like, a, like a loose meat sandwich. Yeah, it's that kind of thing where it's like. This is definitely meat, and I believe you, but I don't. I prefer to know like what kind of I, meat. You know, it is loose. It is a very loose meat. <laughs> the uh, this loose is loose. Ooh, but yeah, but I encourage everyone in this room to start using mixed grill as a a, 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 a synonym for just kind of like whatever. You, you know, know, dealer's like, choice. what do you feel like doing tonight? Mixed grill. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like dealer's choice, but there's no choice involved. I'm down for mixed grill. Yeah, the uh, yeah.
When like, someone, what if somebody actually served you a mixed grill? Well, then you stop doing it. Yeah. yeah. The, the, up until that point, though, I think you're all right. The, 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 <laughs> yeah. they, have, they have abused the uh, the privilege. Yeah. 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 At that point, it's just like, listen, this was a sacred trust. <laughs> if somebody comes in late, I'm going to really call them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the door's open, so they, they, they're yeah. really good. They definitely yeah. can trickle And in. the door will stay open. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a restaurant like there was last year. Like we did it in a restaurant. I kind of missed that though. Like we got like there was an awful lot of just like scatter shot exposure. Like we contaminated contaminated that entire floor with yeah. our show. I miss the bar. I said, yeah. I miss the bar. Oh yeah, yeah, the bar part of it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> when it functions as a bar. Yeah, like as opposed to it functioning as like a wall that makes noise and food. <laughs> yeah.